I always had this thing in the back of my mind is like, let me start a business or let me do something and then get into real estate. Let me make a ton of money and then get into real estate. And I slowly started to realize and talking with people and like learning about it. It's like, you don't need to like do X before you do Y, just do Y, just do the thing you want to do. And then you're good to go. So I, that's basically how I transitioned. So um, I learned how to like wholesale. I learned how to flip with none of my own money and really just like got into it. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's just make this happen. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 112 of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Today, we have the great pleasure chatting with Victor Check. Victor is an awesome flipper and buy and hold investor out of Gainesville, Florida. He does between 20 and 30 flips a year. Victor, what is going on, my man? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you having me on and appreciate uh, I can kind of share share my story and help out your audience here. Absolutely. Super pumped to have you, my, my man. And, um, you know, kind of dig into things. So to kind of jump right in, you know, tell us a little bit about how you caught the real estate bug and, you know, started to kind of jump into that space. Yeah, for sure. So I went full time in real estate about four years ago. So about 2018 uh, time frame. And basically what happened, I was working uh, full time. I was in healthcare. I was a home health administrator. So basically like after someone gets discharged from the hospital, we'd send like a nurse or we'd go to send a speech therapist or someone to help them recover. And I just realized like that wasn't for me. Like, I don't want to be doing that. And I always had this thing in the back of my mind is like, let me start a business or let me do something and then get into real estate. Let me make a ton of money and then get into real estate. And I slowly started to realize and talking with people and like learning about it. It's like, you don't need to like do X before you do Y, just do Y, just do the thing you want to do and then you're good to go. So I, that's basically how I transitioned. So um, I learned how to like wholesale. I learned how to flip with none of my own money and really just like got into it. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's just make this happen. That's beautiful, man. Absolutely. It's, it's really interesting you say that too, because there was, um, there's a good buddy of mine who one of the, uh, he's another investor. And one of the things that he mentioned is um, uh, like, you know, how do you get the, the closest spot in a parking lot and he's like oh you just look for the closest parking spot you know and like it just yeah. it was really interesting because like it sounds so simple right like oh like how do you start flipping houses like you just you know like kind of take the steps and and go <laughs> you know and yeah, yeah. instead of like but the common mentality is like oh i gotta read like these six books i gotta like you know listen to these three podcasts and then you know save up like x amount of dollars to do this and meet this guy yeah. and it's like it's interesting like how much of like a like a mind game, like a mental shift, like how oftentimes, like, you know, most of us in a way kind of like talk ourselves out of it, you know, or, or take kind of like a, a much rounder approach instead of taking yeah. a more, um, you know, kind of straightforward approach that might be a bit more challenging. It's, it's just, it's really interesting, like the way that it works, you know? <laughs> I agree. I agree. And that's, that's what the route I was going to go initially. Like it was going to take me a long time. Let me save up for years and years. And then I realized like, you don't need to do that. Like there's ways to like, you can wholesale, for example. Um, you don't need a lot of money for that. Um, you do like fix and flips like I did. Uh, I can talk more about the details, but like you get a money partner, like you find the deal, you run the renovations, you sell the place. 
and then you find someone to fund it and you like split the profit so that's the idea of a money partner uh, so in that case like you just need to find the deal like someone else can put in the money they can get a return but you just got to find the deal uh so that's your focus suddenly absolutely yeah no I, I love it man you know what i mean just kind of finding the going hard on the thing that you enjoy doing the most you know and then yeah. complementing the other parts of the the journey with other roles and stuff so sure. how was it um was it like the first flip that you did? Like, did you initially like find the deal first and then, um, you know, kind of like sharing what you were doing and stuff. And then like yeah. the, the money partner kind of came in and how did that kind of work? <laughs> um, that was pretty much it. So I, uh, so my first two deals I wholesaled actually. So the first one was a three K I made about 3000. Second one was, uh, I think 5,000, something like that. Um, so it wasn't like a huge life changing amount of money, but it got me started. It proved like, Hey, this is real. There's something here. Uh, the third one, like I had a deal I had under contract and I just couldn't like wholesale it to anyone. Um, They're like, oh, I don't like the deal for this reason or this reason or this reason. Like they kept listing uh, reasons like, oh, it's not good. Um, so I exhausted my buyer's list. So I was like, I need to like, I want to help out the seller because they were in a, you know, situation. Uh, it was an out-of-state seller. It was like a, like a hurricane hit property. So I had a lot of damage and like, there's a lot of reasons. Like I wanted to help them out and they're like sick and tired of the property. And it was an inherited property. It's like all these different like layers of motivation. And I'm like, I want to help them out. So uh, I was like, let me get creative. So basically I pitched the deal more like a partnership. Like let's, Hey, I found this great deal. It's, you know, you put in the money and let's split it. And it worked out. So that first one, uh, I think we bought it for like 105 or something like that. We put in like 30 and we sold for like high hundreds. We made like 28,000, 20,000 net profit. That's after all expenses before taxes. And like that's that was a nice chunk of change. That was great. And in that split, like they were two thirds, I was one third. And so I made like 9,000, which is great. That was a jump up from my previous deals. Uh, but it really unlocked the idea like, oh, I can like, flip houses. I can, you know, I don't need money. I can like get into this if I really want to. And that's like really what unlocked it. I haven't wholesaled since. And I was just been flipping and rentals and uh, that sort of thing and uh, getting money partners. Um, for that first one, it was one third, two thirds, but eventually became like 50, 50. And like, I can do my own deals and just, you know, evolve from there. But if I didn't do that first one, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. That's beautiful. Absolutely. What were kind of like a couple of the biggest lessons that you got from like that first flip? Uh, I recommend like when you're doing flips, like do an inspection, especially like you're a beginner, like you don't necessarily know what to look for. Like, hey, is this roof in good shape? Hey, is this good electrical? Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is like listen to the inspection. So for example, in our first flip, like they had some water damage in the subfloors and we just replaced the flooring above it. And we're like, oh, whatever. We didn't, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem. And then it became a problem because when we tried to sell it, like the inspection came up with like that, those issues. Uh, with the, the subfloor issues and then they asked for credit and it became a bigger thing than it was like if we just solved it and fixed it in the beginning we would have been fine uh, but it became a bigger issue in the end um, so I guess that's kind of lesson number three like don't cut corners because it's going to show up and hit you you know it's going to uh, bite you in the butt eventually like someone's going to find out or something's you know it's going to show up and especially for flips like it's really hard to hide stuff so just fix it you know when you have a chance to fix it gotcha no it, that makes a ton of sense yeah that's interesting too with the um uh like still getting the inspections done during flips and stuff because do you yeah. do you typically like to use like um like an equity partner for like a down payment for a hard money lender to to kind of leverage it that way or do you usually like to kind of like just use the equity partner and like use that 
what's kind of your preference <laughs> we, we do all different ways um so i've done it like they put in all the cash and then we split it uh, i've done it like we get a hard money loan they put in the down payment then we split it uh, if i have a preference i'm open to whatever like whatever gets the deal done whatever you know we can do to move forward close it and sell it move on um, I like the if they put in all cash just because there's less fees, there's less closing costs. Um, they can close quicker. That's really nice. Um, it's going to be a bigger profit at the end of the day. Um, so I do prefer that if if given the choice. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you there. <laughs> yeah, just makes it easier. Yeah. So Victor, what's kind of your um your vision for for the long term? Like with the business or medium to long term. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to keep like want to keep flipping. Um, I really enjoy it, so I want to keep doing it. I really like that sweet spot of like 30, like 30 a year, like keeping it at that sweet spot. Um, I've heard like there's like a valley of death, so to speak, when you're going like from 40 to 70 and above and beyond that, just because like you have to hire people, um, and they have to really do a good job doing what they're doing, like finding deals and you know, running the projects, or else you're it's done. And also like the more flips you do at that volume, like if you're doing, you know, 50, 100 a year, like you're making less per deal, if that makes sense. Like you're doing more, that's great, but you're making less. Um, so I really like this model, like we have big, big margins type of thing. Um, so that's the plan. That's, you know, that's that's pretty much it. Just do more flips. I, I used to have a plan where it was like, yeah, do this and then do real estate or like do this and then do the next thing. And I don't have that feeling anymore, which means like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I want to, you know, keep doing this. I want to keep, uh, keep at this, uh, which is a good feeling. So it's not like, oh, I can't wait to do the next thing. Like, this is what, this is what I want to do. Um, I do that. And then the kind of second thing, which is somewhat overlapping is, uh, my help and mentor students as well. So like I bring them on, like teach them how to find deals, how to find contractors, how to find money, how to run numbers. So I teach them A to Z. Um, so really just be like two overlapping things, like me doing deals and me also teaching people how to do deals. That's, that's pretty much it. Keep it simple. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So take us kind of through like, you know, after like getting that first project on, or maybe like the first couple projects kind of jumping into the realm of like, you know, maybe having a couple going on at the same time. And like, did you kind of have like a couple other, uh, people to kind of like, you know, start managing some of these projects or were you kind of like, you know, running around all over the place for a bit and trying to keep things together? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. So the progression was like the first year we did two, then we did eight, then we did 20. Last year I did like a little over 30 and that the goal again is 30 this year. So it was like a stepwise, like upward uh, growth type of thing. Um, I think one of the first hires I had and I still have is like a project manager because like dealing with contractors, getting quotes, uh, meeting contractors, paying contractors, that takes a lot of time. So just to have someone take care of that was a huge time saver. Um, like you got to focus on your higher, highest value uh, activities and highest value activities is like finding deals, finding money. So you should be focusing on those two things and have someone else take care of the details. So that was that was pretty much it. And how I do with a project manager, just how I recommend folks do it as well. Uh, just because sometimes like deals can be inconsistent. Like uh, for example, like last week I closed three. Uh, but then I don't have anything for a couple of weeks, if that makes sense. So how yeah. I do it is just a flat fee for the project manager. It's 2000 total, you know, a thousand up front, a thousand when they're done. And that's, you know, that's a good, uh, good amount of compensation too. Um, I asked the project manager like, Hey, how much time do you spend per property on average? And she was saying like, I'm oh, a 10 to 20 hours. So like on a per hour basis, like she's doing really good. And I'm happy because I can focus on other stuff. And, you know, if the deal's good, then plus or minus 2000 doesn't, you know, it doesn't really change the deal. It doesn't really change 
a huge amount of profit. It just saves me a lot of time. So that's one of the first, like, you know, I'd say when you're going from like zero to 10, zero, zero to five to 10, like you're good, you can do it on your own. But after that, like it helps to have, have like a project manager help have a VA or someone just to help you um, do more. And the other part of that is like, yes, you can do more and earn more, but then also like you can hire out the things you don't like to do. So let's say you have like a pie of real estate and like 80% of stuff you like to do and 20% of stuff you don't like to do. You can hire out that 20% and then suddenly like you're spending a hundred time, hundred percent of you know, time doing what you want to do, which is really cool. Um, so that's, that's what really helped me like get, get to the next level. And that's why I always say we, like I use the Victorian we, cause it's never like a solo effort. It's always like, I have people to help me. I have, you know, it's contractors, it's inspectors, it's, you know, real estate agents. Like it's, it's, it's team effort. Uh, so I can't say like, oh, I did this and I flipped this many houses and I, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really sit well. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you there. And I love that model too. Like kind of, um, you know, implementing like a, a project manager like that. And yeah. especially on a, a basis like that. And like you said, especially boiling it down to, um, you know, like the, the price per hour, like it, it looks really good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially like if it, you know, uh, doesn't take too, too long, you know, generally speaking and, um, checks out pretty good for, for everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like when it's me or like a project manager, like it gets easier, the more deals you do, it becomes more streamlined. You can reuse the contractors, you can reuse inspectors, like you can, you can reuse people and reuse, uh, service providers, which is really cool. Um, so her, you know, 10 to 20 per deal might be like five to 10 now, you know, which is an yeah. even better deal. And then it's working with the same people. So it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of value in, in everything. That's it just awesome. becomes easier. That's my point. Like your first one's your hardest. Then it's easier, easier, easier from there. That's awesome. I, I love that. Wow. Mm -hmm. So take us through kind of like the, um, I guess like the equity partner, you know, uh, like capital raising kind of side of things, you know, like, so like building up, um, you know, the systems of like getting the deals and uh, acquisition, you know, managing, going through all that. Take us kind of through the other side of like, at this point, you know, with the kind of track record that you have, do people often come to you and be like, oh, all right, you know, like, I'd love to kind of like be a part of something like this. Like, how can we like work together? Um, and that type of thing. That's pretty much it for my like current deals. I don't necessarily have a problem raising money, which is yeah. good. Um, just because like I've done so much, like I've bought, I think I've bought like 98 properties and I've sold like 86 or something like that. So I have a good track record and I've yeah. only lost money on a couple of them. Uh, but um, and I've learned from that, so I'm not going to make those mistakes again. But like for me, raising money, like it's relatively easy. And you'd be you'd be surprised, like how many people want to get into real estate, like they don't know how. So you can be that vehicle for them to get into it. They might have you know ten, twenty, hundred thousand sitting in the bank, and they're earning like a very nominal interest. It's like they're interested in real estate, but they're busy. And then you can be that person who's like, I have this deal. Let's partner on it. And they're like, Hell yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to get into real estate. You can make it happen. Um, let's let's do it and they can get a much better return um, like the example i gave the the money partner put in how much did they put in they put in 105 plus 30 so they put in 135 and they pulled out uh 20 and that was in like six months and that was like a whatever like a 10 20 percent return in six months which is insane yeah. you know compared to uh compared to what they can get at the bank or stocks or anything like that um, so you just have to, that's part of like the raising money um, as well. And this is what's helped me too, is you think of the raising money, like you're giving them an opportunity. It's not like, yes. oh, give me money, give me money, give me money. It's um, 
here's an opportunity to make something and do really well and it, you can do well financially. So let's, let's do it together. And you're inviting them to, to have an opportunity. Um, so you don't feel like you're bothering people or you're like, Oh, what, you know, um, pestering people. Uh, if it's a good deal, it should, it should sell itself. You know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. That's the capital raising aspect is something that I've taken a, a pretty recent interest to up in mm. up in my neck of the woods yeah uh like i've been working with an operator for uh like multifamily, um uh, like a little bit of syndication kind of stuff jvs and stuff like that and starting to really like hone in on being able to like provide those opportunities and like connect you know like the community with like different deals and turn it into like a an education um like a, a learning tool for people and stuff like that and yeah. it's really really interesting stuff man you know, and like, yeah. exactly like you said, you know, like people that might, might want to like jump into real estate, but like, don't know what to do or like, you know, don't know the right people or, or whatever, you know, the case may be, you might be able to be the person to be able to get them past that first hurdle or at least be able to like, you know, dip their toes in, see if it's, it's something that's, uh, you know, kind of makes their ears perk up and it's, it's really, really interesting stuff, you know, yeah, and for sure. For sure. I and mean, then you'll see again, like it's easier like to run the flips the more you yeah. do. Like the first one's the hardest. It's also easier to raise money the more deals you do. It doesn't have to be flips, it can be rentals or whatever, but it does become easier. Um, but that first one's your hardest, and it's it's important to like build a track record. So I uh, this is another good tip. I have a like a portfolio page. So I have a page where it breaks down like literally every single flip I've ever done and like how much we made, what we bought it for, like when we bought it, all that stuff. And then it's a link to that project, like at least like a Zillow link or something and some basic photos. And I have that for every single project, so which is instant credibility. So if someone says, like, how many deals have you done? You know, how much experience do you have? I send them that link and they can literally, you know, they can see it all. And it's it's just so powerful. Um, so even if you've done like one or two deals, like it's, it's, or even if you wholesale a deal, like you wholesale a deal, you know, 3000, if you know what they bought it for, what they put into what they sold it for, you can say like, Hey, I wholesale it, but this is what they, what they turn it into. And this is what they made, um, which is really good. Like, so you're just trying to build a track record. You're just trying to showcase as much experience as you can, um, do it ethically, right? Like if you wholesale a deal, don't say, Oh, I flipped it. Yeah. Um, you say like, you be honest, like, Hey, I wholesaled it, but this is how much they made. Um, but I'd say that's better than zero. That's better than nothing versus I've never flipped anything versus like, hey, I've someone else made money on this deal. Um, this is how much they made. And that can be us next time. 100%. You know, it's funny you say that about the um, like the project page, because I, I met with an investor a while back that uh, did a decent amount of syndications and stuff like that down in yeah. South Carolina. And like he moved up here or I, I forget exactly what the case was. He was, he was up here for some reason. And and we um we met for dinner one night and that's what he had he had like a, a manila folder and he had like this gorgeous looking basically like a resume you know and it mm -hmm. said like the guy's name that is like the picture like his address and stuff like that and then it showed like all the deals throughout the years and it was really impressive you know it's like a two-page thing cool. and like like damn dude like wow yeah. i still have it and i'm like wow like that's it's really cool that's incredible that's a good word to use too like people are used to like uh like a nine to five mindset there's nothing wrong with like being an employee uh but when you're looking for a job you have a resume yep. so it's the same thing here right you have your flipping resume your wholesale resume your real estate resume like this is what i've done in real estate like this is you know my experience and that's that's really cool though i'm glad uh I'm glad you saw value in that and that like uh, um, he was able to share that. And it just, yeah, it just proves like, hey, he's the real deal versus saying it's better to like show versus say, yeah. you just say, oh, I've done this or I've done this. If you can show them like, hey, this is what we did, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. Um, it's it's really cool. It's much more powerful. Absolutely.
yeah it's it's really really cool stuff and even like one thing too man is the um one of the the podcasts that i've been listening to on raising capital because i've pretty much shifted like everything that i'm consuming at this point over to like that one niche like i like have a couple books sitting over here and like just trying to like get in that like that space and just try to take it all in you know yeah but on one of the podcasts that i've been listening to um one of the guys was mentioning on there he said it a couple times and it's it's really started to make me think was he said that there's four trillion dollars sitting in retirement accounts across uh, across the united states right now okay and like i was thinking about it man you know what i mean and like you know most people uh you know generally speaking like have that 401k or you know whatever the case may be just you know throw money in and you know watch the news every day and see if it's bullish or bearish and like you know hope things go okay but you know people like us that might be able to you know bring these opportunities and be able to offer like an eight 10 or more percent return you know for a a similar you know type of action like you know just uh like partnering up on a deal like that like they bring the capital to the table like you execute and uh in dispo and stuff like that um you know it it might be something that's that can be really really lucrative and it just it blew my mind Mm -hmm. man i'm like like four trillion with a, a T? Like <laughs> yeah. Not just... four million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I think you have to think of that like again with the opportunity and the you know, people having money sitting in their retirement account. Yeah. Um, we have to think of like the asset categories, like you know, yes. crypto took a huge hit last year in 2022, like it's down whatever 60, 70 percent plus. Uh stock market took a big hit, you know, 10, 15, you know, 30 percent, depending on which like uh which you know thing you're looking at. Um, and then real estate, I mean, I guess it's fallen a little bit for residential, but like, if you know what you're doing, like you're still doing good. Um, so you can give them the opportunity to invest in an asset class that hasn't, you know, been, been slapped, been hit hard and, uh, you know, it's halved in a, in a year. So, and I know a lot of people are kind of panicking, like, is it going to be another 2022? Like, is my retirement going to hit, you know, get hit by another third, uh, or more. So that four, four trillion could be, you know, three and a half trillion now, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You know, and it's just the thing that I've always really liked about this asset class in particular is the amount of control, you know, so like you're not just at the mercy of, you know, these huge giant companies that are, you know, like making moves and and doing that type of thing. And you don't really have much of a say in it, (laughs) you know, but yeah. That's terrifying <laughs> to me yeah. personally. But. I, uh, I had uh, some folks like liquidating money out of like the stock market or like brokerage accounts. It took them a long time. It took them like a month or two months or three months. So you might think like, oh, I have a lot of control over my retirement money. But if you ask for your money back and it takes that long to get it back, like that's not yeah. that's not good. Uh, versus it's like you, you think like, oh, it's stock market. So I can pull it out anytime. And that's not true. But I know real estate's a little less liquid when it comes to that, but at least you know that going in. Like that's the expectation. Like it might take some time to sell this property, uh, whatever. But with the stock market and stuff, like you'd figure, like I can pull it out today and it's fine. But even for larger amounts, you know, two fifty, five hundred, you know, million, uh, it's you. You really can't. Exactly. Yeah, it's one hundred percent, man. Absolutely. So, Victor, one question that I do like to ask every guest because it's yeah. always really interesting is, how do you define wealth? Oh, okay. Yeah. If you need a second, that's okay. (laughs) No, I would define it. I mean, I think Robert Kiyosaki (laughs) defines it really well. Like you always think of wealth as a number. Uh, Wealth is, how would I say it? How do I explain this? It's like um, (laughs) money, like you have, 
So let's say you make a hundred thousand and you spend a hundred thousand, like you're not anywhere ahead. So wealth is that's what it is. Wealth is like how long you can live if you were to not make any more income of your like active income. Um, like how long could you survive? And for most people, like especially if they're paycheck to paycheck, which is you know 70% of America and even like 30% of six-figure you know, income earners, um, they can only survive that week or two. Like they couldn't survive a long time. So wealth is defined as like, if you were to stop working, you know, how long could you survive? So wealth is like, you could survive infinitely, right? So let's say your expenses are 50 K a year and your, you know, asset or investments bring in hundred K a year. Um, like that's, that's wealth. That's, you know, that's, that's wealth. Um, I also, I like to think of wealth, like it's not really a number. It's more like a, a mentality or a mindset. They talk about like financial freedom, time freedom. I bake that all into, all into wealth. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I've heard it. I heard a good thing recently, like broke isn't a number. It's like a state of mind. So like, if you say I'm broke, it's not like, oh, they have $7 in the bank account or hundred dollars in the bank account. It's like, they're thinking along those, like, I don't have money lines. And if that's the first thought you have, then it's suddenly like, you're really stuck. Like, it's, oh, I want to start a business. I don't have money. Okay, well, that's the end of that conversation and you're not going to progress anywhere. Or you're like, I want to move to take on this job. Well, I don't have any money. Um, you know, Then you're stuck again and you might have had a better opportunity. You might have been able to earn more. Um, so just thinking through that. So I know that was a long answer, but there's a lot of like elements to wealth. There's a lot of like, it's not just numbers, mindset. It's like how you think and it's how you feel. Um, yeah, so it's very important to like think of everything there versus like oh if i make a million i'm wealthy or if i you know have a million cash in the bank yeah no i, I definitely agree with you 100 percent. and mm -hmm. it's it's always really interesting like when i ask guests i, I really enjoy it you know because like it's not one of those questions it's like oh like what color is the sky oh well it's blue right now <laughs> you know sure. like yeah. it's it usually uh you know kind of takes people a second to be like damn like what does that mean like i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. um yeah no sure. I, I definitely agree with you you know absolutely and I mean, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what is one piece of advice to maybe people that want to get into, you know, flipping their first property? I know we've talked about a, a ton of value in here already, man, and really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, so one piece of advice I would. So one of the things like I had a mentor recommend like, hey, you should get into real estate. And I was like, so I've been in it four years. And that was like seven years ago. And you've seen my, like, my growth has been exponential. So where would I have been if I started seven years ago? You know, maybe I'm at, maybe I'm still at 30, but, you know, I'm being able to do them all by myself in all cash. Um, so that's, you know, where I would be. Um, so just thinking through that was, was really interesting. Um, so I would recommend for your folks, like, get started now, even if it's something small, like, you can take a little bit of action today. Uh, I always recommend this for my students as well. Like, you know, just call and talk to a seller. Like, don't even make an offer. Just call and talk to a seller because uh, that's what a lot of people have uh, problems with and fears with. Like, what do I say? What do I talk to them about? What if they reject my offer? And that kind of fear keeps them paralyzed and keeps them where they're at for a long time. But if you can take, like, little baby steps towards your goal and like you're gonna have a much better time so i'd recommend like get started now get started today and do like what's the like smallest amount of action you can take to make you know make it happen like to to do and to hit your goals and that might be like talk to a real estate agent or that might be you know talk to a bank or that might be talk to a hard money lender but like what's the smallest amount of things you can do where it's almost i don't want to say embarrassing but it's just so little it's such a small thing it's so easy to do and you just do it and then if you just do that every day and you stack it, uh, you'll be surprised where you're at, you know, a year from now. I love that. 
no seriously and like the thing too is like you know trying to take too much action at once too can be you know add like the overwhelming factor and then like your mind's not in the right place anymore and it's like oh crap like like kind of coming on like too strong almost so kind of starting off like you said like from those baby steps like oh today like you know we're just gonna talk to you know x amount of people or like you know today we're gonna pull the list and get it skip traced or something and then tomorrow we're gonna jump in or you know and and just kind of taking those steps because it's especially like if you've never really jumped into this type of thing before like there's there's a bit of a learning curve you know and like yeah it's it can definitely be um definitely be a, a really new uh new thing and and you know can be scary and I feel like can get overwhelming pretty easily, you know, for sure. I like to liken it to the gym, like a gym as a metaphor. So like when you start going to the gym, you're like, I want to in, you know, I want to prove it how I look. I want to get healthy. Um, You don't go like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym every day at 5 a.m. Because it's just not going to happen. Like you might stick to that a week. It's just like New Year's resolutions. Like you you say, make this huge, crazy goal, which is a huge change. And it's just not going to happen. But if you said like, I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm not even going to work out. I'm just going to go to the gym once per week. Like then you can stack that. Okay, well, I go once per week and now I work out. Now I go you know, twice per week and now I work out. Um, like when I started cold call, like you stack it, you build it up where it's so like embarrassing, that first little piece of action. But then, you know, you're building it into a habit three months, six months, 12 months from how. Um, when I started cold calling, because that's how I get a lot of my deals. Um, I started cold calling the first time, the first day I cold called. And I cold called for like two minutes. Like that's it, just two minutes. And then I was like, okay, well, that wasn't bad. Nobody picked up. So it was, you know, it was an easy two minutes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the next day was like three minutes. I talked to someone and I was like, hey, you want to sell your house? And they're like, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, okay, cool. And that was it. It was three minutes. And then the next day I'm like, well, you know, that wasn't bad. He just said no. That's like, it was, it was nice about it. So you did five minutes. And then you just like build it from there. And then you're able to cold call for 30 minutes or an hour, or, you know, a couple hours. Um, but if you look at like the, the beginning, it's almost again, like embarrassing. Like, it's like, wow, I'm just, I cold call for two minutes today. Like if you told someone that they'd be like, what, what are you doing? You know, what, are you sure you're serious about this? Uh, but I'd rather you start small and build and progress than like make this crazy goal. Um, that's not going to happen. And then you get like, you get, because your expectations are so high, you get deflated. Like you like, oh, I didn't cold call for 10 hours today. I guess this isn't for me. And then you just kind of give up and that's, you know, that's too high of expectations to set on yourself. Exactly. No, I, I definitely agree. It's, um, it's quite the, uh, it's a, a pretty awesome concept. You know what I mean? And there was, um, I'm trying to remember what book it was. Um, but there was a book, it was one of the books about habits. I don't know if it was atomic habits maybe, or it was, it was one of the other ones in that, um, power very habit? Similar. it might've been. Okay. Uh, I've, I've read a couple. I, I love the science of like habit, man, and like the books around it. And it just mm-hmm. it gets me excited. Like, it, I just love it. But I remember in one of those books, there was a graph and like on each axis, there was um, I believe it was like effort. And I don't know if it was like time and it, it was a like an inverted curve. So like, you know, the more like reps and stuff like that, that you do, like the effort drops off as it yeah. starts to become more of a habit. And like you said, you know, like it's then you can just start to kind of stack on like, oh, here's another five of this or like whatever. And like it's not like, you know, a a big shock like, oh, you know, like you said, like, oh, you know, I didn't cold call for 10 hours today. Like, you know, I did it for 30 seconds yesterday. Like, Mm -hmm. what the hell, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but like if you're able to build that up, you know, over X amount of time, 
and like it it just it gets easier as you go along you know what i mean and it really does it really does like for example i just started doing like youtube videos and like the first youtube video like i was like how do i do the mic how do i do the sound like what do i say and all this stuff it was just this crazy huge endeavor like the next one became a little easier a little easier a little easier and it just became streamlined i've made like five videos or six videos for the last like every week for the last week uh, but i'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible like i record with my phone i uh you know i just have like a, a bought a little mic recently i just have a little selfie stick and that's pretty much it yeah. and like i didn't start i just started with the phone and i just started with like holding it up and yep. like my arm was tired and that sucked but like i got it done uh, <laughs> you know if you can like chunk and like break down your goals into something very small um you know like yeah yeah no i, I definitely agree and yeah, I mean, that's that we could go on a whole nother soapbox about like social media <laughs> and stuff like that, right. too, man, because I, I definitely feel you with that. Like, I love um, when it comes to social media and stuff, like especially like, you know, when I'm over at my building and like, you know, just literally like taking your phone out, like as raw as it gets, like no editing or anything, like just, you know, turn it on you and be like, oh, you know, like this is what I'm up to today. Like there's yeah. five inches of water in the basement. Like this is how <laughs> I'm going to get through it. Or, yeah. you know, like it doesn't need to be like it, it doesn't need to be perfect, especially starting off, you know, like I, I love having it be like, and the same thing with the podcast as well. Like, yeah, it, it gets edited a little bit, you know what I mean? But like, I've, I've always made it a point to like not aim for perfection, you know, like many people do, because mm -hmm. like, I want to be able to see the progression from episode one of, you know, stuttering, like there's no tomorrow, the awkward pauses, like, you know, all the, uh, kind of the, the barriers to entry of, of getting in and then mm -hmm. be able to like, just see, the natural progression as you go along you know and yeah i feel like the more authentic you are like the more relatable it is you know like and it yeah i mean it's um same thing with like the the videos and stuff like that you know what i mean like it like as long as you're like just putting yourself out there and like you know like you get the video going like it, it doesn't matter you know like it, you're putting videos out and yeah. like i love it <laughs> there's there's also like that brings up a good point like there's value in like not being perfect and being raw yes. just like you're yep. saying um, just like you said for the videos, like if it's like this is me, this is me talking, and it's not edited too much. Uh, same yeah. thing, just to bring it back to the cold calling, just so we have another example. Like the same thing, like if you sound too polished or you sound like too much, like you're talking from a script, um, it's going to turn people off. They're going to be like, oh, he's yeah. a cold caller, he's, he's a scammer, or whatever. Um, so even if you're like make mistakes, like it can even be sometimes better. So it's yeah. interesting because we always say like, oh, you have to be perfect, or you have to you know do it perfectly, execute perfectly. But sometimes you don't execute perfectly and it's better for you yeah no it, i definitely agree I, I love that um kind of the the concept behind like the authenticity and like the raw yeah. like you know the the real stuff you know what i mean it's for sure i love that stuff <laughs> so i got i got one more question for you my man sure. it is do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone it could be like podcasts or anything, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, I do read. Uh, so I definitely read. Um, I do recommend reading. I do a lot of audiobooks. So like mm -hmm. I drive somewhat frequently. So it's nice just to like listen. It's yeah. nice because it's like someone telling you a story. You just listen in versus like actively turning pages. Um, also, like once I went on a trip. So I went to Brazil for a month and like I had a big backpack and like half the backpack was full of books. Nice. And like I finished it in like the first week and then I'm just carrying like half a backpack full of books. I'm like this is dumb. <laughs> like what am I doing? Versus like if it's on your phone, it's on Audible or whatever. Um, it's it's there and you can have hundreds of hundreds of books to to choose from. Um, so I do read and I do recommend audiobooks. 
Um, what do I like the most? I think there was a good book recently that I wrote, read, which was also real estate. It's like long distance real estate investing. I think it's David Green. The bigger uh, pockets one. The bigger pockets one. Yes. That was a really yeah. good one. Um, cause it opens folks up to like a lot of thinking differently. Like even if you're not going to do virtual deals, like it helps you think, think through it differently. It also taught me a very like important, uh, idea and concept. Like we always talk about return on investment, right? You put in money, how much does it, you know, how much does it bring you every year? Um, so like if you have a $10,000 investment, it brings you a thousand a year, like that's 10%. Okay. ROI. Uh, but there's also like a concept of return on equity. Um, so it's like, if you were to sell the thing, like, and what's your return based on that? Like, what's your comparative cash flow if you sold a thing? And I was I was running it for my rentals. I have five rentals. I'm actually deciding to sell my rentals. They're going to be listed this week because um, I bought them Burr. And one of them, like, I put in three grand. And that, that's all I have into it. It's cash flowing. That's great. But I figured out the return on equity. It was like 4%. So it's like, if I sell a thing, can I make more than 4%? Like, yeah, definitely. Easily. No problem. Yeah. So it just like opened up my mind. Like we always look at return on investment. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, I didn't have any money to this deal. But like, if you look at investments from different angles, you're going to learn more. You're going to like see it differently. It's going to like make sense or not make sense. Um, so just, it just kind of nicely opens you up for like different thinking and making better decisions. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I really, really like those bigger pockets books. I, I've bought yeah. quite a few of those things. <laughs> They're good. Yeah, they have a lot of good like podcasts and like books and stuff, uh, like yep. lower level content. I've, I know they have courses. I haven't done any of the courses, so I don't know. They're like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. I don't know what they are, but um, yeah, I know they're like lower, like low ticket, like cheaper, cheaper content is good. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. What cool. Thank you so so much for coming on here, my man. That that was absolutely awesome. Where are yeah, um, like Thanks social media and stuff? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Where yeah, social uh, media can be found. Sure, for sure. The best is Facebook for me. So just do look up my name, Victor Yurchek, or if you look up Six Figure House Flipper or Six Figure Flipper, I have a free Facebook group. So I have a ton of resources. I have like a repair estimate guide in there, which like it's seven pages and it breaks down like all repairs, like how much does a roof cost? How much does flooring cost? How much does fascia and like trim cost? How much does, you know, foundation work cost? Um, and it just breaks everything down. So that's, that's just like a free gift for, for your uh, listeners. Sweet. Thank you very much, man. It, it means yeah. a lot. I'll definitely drop all that all that stuff down below in the description there. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you very much, man. That, that was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. All right, guys. That concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.